Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Adam. Happy New Year. How did your Roosevelt's gifts go over with your loved ones for Christmas? Oh, they all loved them. And now I think I need to get myself a gift because Roosevelt's just dropped a new line of Mandalorian-themed designs, and I desperately need every single one of them. I think you deserve it. You know, new year, new Star Wars shows, new blouses. We've got the Bad Batch, Ahsoka, and the Mandalorian Season 3 coming out. So, of course, Roosevelt's is dropping a bunch of new great stuff. Their latest apparel drop is a six-piece Star Wars collection that just arrived with four new Kunuflex-style button-downs, one new Western-style roper, and a brand-new reversible bomber jacket that will definitely put a target on your back. Well, I have a target on my back right now because that's my favorite jacket. I love it. And you can get that jacket at a great discount if you go to roosevelts.com. That's R-S-V-L-T-S.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's rsvlts.com with promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hi, guys. I'm Ryan Key. Hey, everybody. This is Nick Gambarian, not to be confused with any other Nick out there. Not to be confused with the other Nick Gambarians. Yeah. The imposters of the world. I'm the original. You're the first one, right? If there's another one out there, please contact me. We will vanquish him. <laughs> I would like to speak to you. Well, then you could you could just officially go change your name to Nick Gan Battle Droid. Yeah, yeah, and everyone everyone will be happy about that. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> How you guys doing? How are we doing today? I'm sick. I'm sick again. Like sick, like like sick, bro, or like no unhealthy. No, definitely not sick, bro. No, <laughs> not that. I got it like post holiday, and then I got totally better, and then I went to Boston and did an emo night on Friday night. That'll do it. And I, I, could, I couldn't have gotten it at Emo Night. I woke up Saturday morning completely wrecked. So I think I still had it, whatever I had before. And like just being up all night and yelling and doing Emo Night activities just lowered my immune system and it came back full force. Today is the first day since Saturday that I'm kind of starting to feel a little back to normal. I was wrecked. It's really fun. I'm trying to get sick before tour. Yeah, you should. I want to like actually get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. <laughs> get it out of the way. <laughs> nothing, nothing works, man. Hey, you know what your uh, your emo night sickness is called? What? Emonitis. <laughs> it's good. I'm clever. See what you did there. It's more where that came from. All right, let's talk about the Bad Batch. New episode today. All I can say is, now this is riot racing. <laughs> yeah. Let's do stolen plans. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch, season two, episode four, is called Faster. That debuted today, January 18th, 2023 on Disney+. Plus. The Disney Plus description is lighter than ever. <laughs> the team enters the colorful and dangerous world of racing. Supervising director Brad Rao, of course, um, I'm going to stop saying that because he's probably doing the whole thing. This one was written by Matt Michnevitz, who has been the story editor so far all season. 
He's written episodes in the past on The Clone Wars. He wrote a bunch on the uh, first season of The Bad Batch. He's been around. Directed by Stuart Lee, another Star Wars animation veteran who did the last episode, I want to say, right? Something like that. Runtime on this episode is 25 minutes. Guest starring someone who I picked up on like one sentence in. Eating my cereal at 8 a.m. I knew it instantly because I love this dude. The droid racer Teo is voiced by Ben Schwartz. Uh, you got it right away because I was right away. last night without spoiling things. I text the group and been and I said that's Big Head. That's got to be Big Head. <laughs> and I wanted so badly to be right that it was Big Head from uh, Silicon Valley, but I was close. I would love to hear Big Head or see Big Head. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm such a huge Parks and Rec fan, so John mm-hmm. Ralphio and Star Wars just makes my life. Teo is one of the best Omega names they've come up with yet. <laughs> yeah, and the voice of Grinny Malegi. The villain of this episode is none other than Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore from the Ghostbusters. I love this town. <laughs> That's so cool. So this is our this is our first side quest episode in the Bad Batch season two. It's got a super campy Clone Wars Phantom Menace adventure kind of vibe to it. It's uh, it's just Tech Wrecker and Omega. The first thing I thought right off the bat, though, when they got into the racing, was well, one, this is pod racing. Two, it's basically Pod Racing meets Mario Kart, and mm. I instantly wanted to play a video game version of this. Yeah. It just it looks fun as hell to me. Yeah, there's way more like obstacles, right? So that's more Mario Karty. Yeah, and there's the weapons and shit. You think this episode really just kind of served the purpose of the final line of the show, right? I mean, right. The, yeah. the whole episode was sort of to get us to the final line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like that, For sure, that's yeah. the, the big takeaway from the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's about revisiting Sid's questionable values, which were a theme throughout the first season, and then alludes to her shady past, which plants the seeds for potential future betrayal or like a bait and switch kind of plot thing where she's seemingly going to betray the Bad Batch. But then because Omega has this trusting, compassionate, kind of tending to give people the benefit of the doubt kind of character that, you know, that could be the thing that turns Sid back, you know, in, in some kind of crucial scenario later in the season. Yeah, and I just think like when we think about like things we've called filler in the past, more so with Mandalorian, I don't I can't remember any instances with Bad Batch, but maybe it's filler now, but th- this season as the season goes on there might be some characters back or some lessons learned in this one. So as much as you want to be like, what is this episode? I it'll have some relevance I assume later on. The campy, lighthearted kind of vibe, the cartoony take on the the wretched hive of scum and villainy kind of Star Wars trope mm. is in full effect here. Like full Clone Wars, like Jar Jar side quest kind of thing. There's like the moment where a fan in the audience and during the race gets killed by a blaster shot. Dark. There's like a buzzsaw attachment on the speeder. Teo gets hit and blown apart by a passing speeder, like someone getting hit by a bus. Or like the, the boys, the opening episode of The Boys. And then... It's all, you know, they, they've got the announcers, the, um, just like the Phantom Menace, they've got the announcers of the race. It's like very Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. you know, like all this terrible stuff's happening. Like in Looney Tunes, they used to blow each other up with bombs and cut each other up with saws and stuff, but it was a cartoon and they kind of do that here too. So the question is, and we could discuss this after the synopsis or do it now, either way, Nick, you brought up the question of who this episode is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like let, let's go through the like generations of Star Wars fans really quick and let me know if I'm missing any. So you have the original trilogy fans, followed by prequel era fans, followed by 
Clone Wars and animation fans and then sequel trilogy fans. So assuming that this is like following the arc of the Bad Batch is like a follow-up to Clone Wars, Clone Wars fans are like honestly pushing 30 at this point, right? They're like 25-ish, I would say. If not older. Yeah. Mid-30s. Some of them. So for this seems a little bit more, uh, I don't know what better word to use, but sophomoric, like for even those Mm -hmm. fans. Because if Clone Wars fans are older, this episode in particular, I'm not sure, not in a bad way. I'm just wondering who this is for because original trilogy fans are grumpy. Prequel Mm -hmm. trilogy fans might not have gotten into animation. So if this is specifically an animation in Clone Wars kind of era this seems like a really lighthearted version of a clone wars episode so i'm just wondering like who the target audience is for this one meg dutcher in the chat says her daughter loved it Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm assuming meg is of the prequel era of that demographic Mm -hmm. yep confirmed there we go so my suspicion was that it's for little kids whose parents grew up on the prequels and the clone wars yeah and even if they don't like fully get it right now. They're like, oh, fast speed ships, whatever. Mm-hmm. And goofy characters. And then when they're old enough to work the remote in a few years, they turn it back on and they're into it. Yeah. I guess I'm just thinking like more like not as a Star Wars fan, but as like a Star Wars business or the creators sort of thing. It's like, who are you trying to wrangle in here? Because the little kids weren't watching necessarily before for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's one of, there's, there's an episode for them. So I don't know. It just got me wondering. I don't have a like, it's not a negative or positive connotation. I was just like expecting a little bit more of a a connected story, I guess. Well, they started the season off with heavy hitting material. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Also, I mean, I don't know if it's uh, negative to say for me, it felt out of place, but I think that's the best way I would describe it. Like kind of coming off the back of what we've already seen this season. Yeah. You just kind of wonder where this fits in the bigger picture of the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because- it wasn't really tied into anything other than Sid. Yeah. It's just a disclaimer. It was a really fun episode, mm-hmm. but tonally it was such a shift from last week's because yeah. it started off soft, but dramatic with the, the two episode premiere and then got really dark and dramatic last episode. And then this went full 180. Sure. So I guess it's like, if you look at that on a graph, mm-hmm. the tonal range is like, you know, it's like spiking in both directions. So either way, it was fun. It was a fun episode. And for the record, Meg says her daughter's 12, so, so hopefully she can <laughs> use the remote by now. <laughs> Let's get into the synopsis here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hunter and Echo are away on a mission, like we said, just kind of uh, assumed to be between last episode and this episode. They're still not back. So Tech, so, so Teak, so Sid takes Tech, Wrecker, <laughs> and Omega as security on a we'll call it air quotes business trip to a planet called Safatoma, which, as far as I can tell, is the first appearance. Yep, 
For sure. Sweet. There's my first for sure, I think. That's the first Nailed one. Nailed it. Nailed for sure, for sure. First one today. <laughs> Sid wants to check in on a race driver and a speeder that she's invested in. She's apparently a NASCAR sponsor. She's like tied. It's on the hood. Uh, she has a driver named Teo, voiced by Ben Schwartz, a.k.a. Jean Ralphio, like we mentioned. Tyar. <laughs> Tyar. <laughs> Sid has a rivalry with a shady bookie gangster type dude named Grinny Malegi, voiced by Winston Zedmore, like we said. They show up while there's a race in progress. Her driver is out there racing, Teo. He wins. After that race, she has a little interaction with Malegi. They bet on the second race. Malegi's driver ends up winning that by using a saw attachment, like we talked about, this like goofy Looney Tunes kind of vibe, on the back of the speeder, cuts into the front of Teo's speeder, sending him tumbling and exploding. Question, is this cheating or is this just part of the thing? They have blasters and stuff, but with the saw and whatnot, it felt kind of Sebulba-esque. What do you think? I mean, they certainly didn't clarify the rules pre-race, you know? Yeah. But, and they, they just call them weapons, right? Like yeah. when he drops his... And it's riot racing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Are there rules? I mean, he does... Tech does say... Anything goes out like there. Anything or something like anything yeah. goes out there on the track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It's in bounds. So Malegi comes to Sid to collect his money after she doesn't have it. Omega says they want to rematch. The terms are they'll pay double if Malegi's racer wins. Mm-hmm. They get Sid's freedom from debt if they win. And in the meantime, Malegi takes Sid as collateral. So did you notice that probably one of the first lines of the show was um, Wrecker and Omega were playing Dejaric and Omega won and Wrecker said... Double or nothing. Rematch, mm-hmm. double or nothing. So yeah. real quick, like throwaway line, but she brought that back in the episode. She sure did, Finn. Hell yeah, Finn. Finn just goes, yep. <laughs> Affirmative. Let's see. So the Bad Batch repairs the speeder and Teo for in time for the race the next day because Teo's exploded, right? Teo gets hit by a speeder right before the next day's race. He's standing there talking shit because the character's very like snarky and arrogant. He's not unlike John Ralphio, let's be honest. So Tech ends up racing in his place. He's the driver. Tech goes with a defense first strategy overall. Diverts all his powers to the deflectors, dumps the weapons to reduce the weight and increase the speed, and ends up taking this dangerous route through a damaged tunnel, which is only possible, he only makes it through because of the lightweight and the high speed. Smart guy, that tech. That's why they call him tech. Another racer follows him into the tunnel, crashes. Tech ends up coming out and winning with a very Maverick Pete Mitchell-style move. I don't know if you caught this, Ryan. But he pulls Malegi's racer in closer, mm-hmm. hits the brakes. Yep. Then just as the speeder behind is about to fire this grappling hook kind of thing, he breaks to the side. The hook grabs Malegi's speeder. The two crash into each other, and he takes off. Hit the brakes, and it'll fly right by. Exactly. Malegi accepts the loss. A deal's a deal. We're square, he says. Sid reluctantly tells Tech, well, I guess I owe you one. The vibe is weird. She's still weird. Mm-hmm. I don't trust her. And then Malegi advises the Bad Batch as they leave that Sid is not to be trusted. He says the loyalty doesn't always go both ways with Sid. And quote, watch your backs. And that's the end. Hmm. So, Sid's still shady. Yeah. Little setup for later. Well, it did really shift the tone of the whole episode in that final scene, too. From the kind of campy thing, it kind of shifted back into the more character-driven, serious stuff we've seen in the first three episodes, right? Yeah, blaster on the bar. Yeah, they walk off into a dark room and it's heavy. Like, I mean, we've known Sid for a long time now and we've sort of been waiting for the hammer to drop, right? And now this new character comes in to sort of confirm that she's shady. 
So we'll see how it pans out. It will be interesting to see what the tone is on the next one because, again, we left episode three with, with some heavy stuff with Rampart, Crosshair, like Steven Glansberg alone and bummed out, and Cody has gone AWOL. Mm. It's like huge implication stuff and then this little fun side quest. So I wonder how quickly they'll get back to it. Yeah. I, w- I was thrown off because the Kiner Brothers music Twitter two days ago, I think, posted oh my God, it's this episode this week already. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, we're going to get into it. So that really threw me off because this wound up being this sort of episode. So I don't know what they could have been talking about. (laughs) I imagine they had a lot of fun scoring the races. Mm -hmm. And there was probably some really fun sound design stuff in there. And we'll mention some of this in the den. Yeah. And maybe they snuck in some, some homages to the pod race with the score. There could be, you know, who knows? Or maybe it's just like, damn, it's that time of the week already? Maybe we're reading too much into it. Who knows? I mentioned the den. Since we don't have a ton to discuss in terms of like character depth and things like that, aside from the, uh, the stuff that reinforces Omega's character at the top, I think that's as much the point of this as the Sid thing. Because mm-hmm. she is always giving the benefit of the doubt and whatever. Uh, since there's not a ton to get into, let's do a den of antiquities. We've got actually a few fun ones to check out this week. Thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh gosh. It's a Kalikori. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Nick, what do we have, bud? Well, like you said, the episode was a little light on things to talk about, so we dug some stuff up for the Den of Antiquities, starting with, of course, the Dejaric table in the opening scene in Sid's Cantina. While Omega and Wrecker were playing, Omega's winning piece is the Kintan Strider, which is the name of the Nikto biker gang in Book of Boba Fett. Tight. Deep cut. Nerf Nuggets is absolutely something that sounds familiar but is new. Nerf is a cattle-like creature, first mentioned in the infamous line from Leia to Han in The Empire Strikes Back. You stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking Nerf herder. Does that predate... Nerf, the brand? Mm, that's a good question. I'll find out. Ryan Key's got it. So that was 1980. Okay, history. Parker Brothers originally developed Nerf beginning with a four-inch polyurethane foam ball in 1969. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Okay. The Nerf ball was introduced in 1970 as the world's first official indoor ball, the name Nerf being a slang term <laughs> for the foam padding used in off-roading. First official indoor ball. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. All right. All right. Tell us more about nerfs. Nerfs have been mentioned many times in books and comics, but only ever seen in the 2015 Marvel New Canon Star Wars comic series in issues 17 and 18. I don't know what they look like. I'm going to look that up. They look like, uh, have you ever seen those like Scottish Highland cattle that are really shaggy? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like that with a more bison shape. Okay. Like the big front, like the smaller butt kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's two of them in the, the Falcon cockpit on either side of Han in the, the picture I found. Mm-hmm. Hauling Rathars. <laughs> Hauling Nerfs. Next up, Milegi is a species called Dewutin, first seen in the 2014 mobile game Star Wars Commander. And if you could think about Maz's Cantina in The Force Awakens, there's kind of like, mm-hmm. a, I mean, they're pretty big. It's that one dude with like the... Huge dude, yeah. Human girl, like sitting on his lap, I want to say. The one who kind of rats out that the resistance or yeah. or BB-8, that's what it was. BB-8 is in the cantina. Yeah, it's that dude chilling back in that kind of throne. 
Mm-hmm. Same species. Maybe my this might spoil I Love You, I Know for me later, but Sid's full name is apparently revealed in this episode. <laughs> Malegi calls her Sidorin Scaleback. That was, <laughs> that was my like, oh, okay. <laughs> Love that. Your full name is Nickerin Beardface, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nickerin, I love that. Confirmed by David Collins on Twitter, there's some familiar design language in the Riot Racing Speeders, kind of like pod racers, minus the detached engines. The tall, slim chassis definitely give it uh, Force Awakens Ray speeder vibes. Mm -hmm. The cockpit on Milegi's speeder is reminiscent of the Jedi Starfighter cockpits in the prequels. And another speeder, if you... uh, If you squint. (laughs) <laughs> Another speeder, if you're if you're if you squint, kind of has a similar silhouette to the Razor Quest. Did you? There was one. I want to say there was one Riot racer who had. I think it was a protocol droid body with a battle droid head. Yeah. Right. There was one Something that like was like kind of almost like the opposite of what happened to three PO in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was just also a lot of protocol droids. I feel like in this episode. A lot of different color ones. And a clanker. Mm-hmm. Uh, one really cool thing, that the dropping weight to go faster kind of trope is the same move that Han pulled to escape the Maw gravity well in Solo. In that film, he drops the Falcon's escape pod, which was between the forks in the front of the ship, leaving the ship looking like the original design we know and love. The sounds and countdown of the race sound the same as the pod race sequence in The Phantom Menace. Might be the exact same sounds. Yeah, most likely. From that library. And finally, the race announcer refers to Tech and another racer taking the damaged tunnel by saying, looks like a couple blaster brains took the old Nellis Express to Lothal Minor. Lothal Minor is the junk scrap salvage planet in the Outer Rim where Maul spent the time between the Phantom Menace and the Clone Wars season floor where he had spider legs made from scrap. Where he was holding himself together and not going to the bathroom. Using the dark side. <laughs> Where did the pee go? Where did all the stuff go? Where did the poop go? I mean, it, Everything. it must have just trickled down the, the, those metal legs, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, it was all carterized, right? So at some point, he ate a bunch and did it just start squirting out of like the weakest point of the, the carterized wound and... I don't know. Out onto the ground? I mean, it, oh. you have to think like where he was, where he was cut in half. Technically, it was kind of above any of the plumbing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a really something to think about. I'd be angry too. Maybe Zabrax are just plumbed differently, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Built different. There's a great quote in Star Trek V that I feel like I've said on this podcast where Kirk beats this big, monstrous dude by kicking him in the knee and he just (laughs) falls to the ground, you know? And he's just like, oh my God, kind of thing. And uh, he goes to this this other character, and he's like, I don't, I don't know what happened there. And she goes, not all species keep their genitals in the same place, Captain. <laughs> well, there you go. So, we don't really need to know, but who knows? Maybe Darth Maul pees out of his nipples. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> Let's do it. I love you. I know. Hey everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, 
The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Favorite stuff, scenes, quotes, moments, all the things. Ryan Key, tell us what the patrons thought. What are their favorites? I will. Uh, Our patron Brian, who is here hanging out with us while we record in the chat, said, um, I thought it was interesting that they built up a pretty strong antagonist role with Malegi being almost like a cross between Jabba and Watto when we meet him. But then at the end of the episode, when his pilot goes to shoot Sid in the batch, he stops him. It almost gives him some cred, like if he's underworld, but old school mafia vibes, where mm. a deal is a deal. He could have played stupid and let the guy shoot them, but he didn't. It makes you wonder if what he said about Sid is actually legit. Mm. It's like that, uh, the honor culture thing. You know, have you heard about this? Like, I listened to a long podcast about this, like honor culture, the thing that like you see in the mafia or in like, um, you know, more like deep family based kind of cultures where... Like if your brother stabbed me and I'm dead, then one of my family members would just go kill someone else in your family. Like eye for an eye, bro. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happens, you know? Like there's code despite everyone being terrible. <laughs> I was reading about that um, mafia don in Italy that was like the head of Cosa Nostra that's been on the run for 30 years. It just got arrested. Oh, whoa. Somewhere in the story, they talked about an 11-year-old kid of like a rival boss who they, they kidnapped and tortured and murdered. An 11 year old kid. Ugh. That's on his rap sheet. <laughs> Sounds like a good guy. But apparently the dude, the dude is, is list guilty or, you know, whatever, is, is indicted or whatever in like hundreds of murders, hundreds and hundreds of murders. He's just killed everyone. So anyways. Solid dude. I don't know if Sid is on that level, but we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Let's see Meg's favorite quote. I regret nothing from Tayar. <laughs> And then, uh, this is cool, actually. Uh, Meg said her favorite moment is just the little almost smile we get from Tech after he wins the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was tight. My f- my favorite, I think, you know, this not being an episode that's like full of groundbreaking moments or quotes, because most of it was a rate, was a NASCAR race, like you said. I'm going to just go a little further into what I talked about at the beginning of our coverage of this season. I think that what they're doing reviving so many aspects of prequel trilogy here in a, in a period that's so far removed from it, not just in the Star Wars timeline, but in the actual timeline we live in and like how many years it's been since the films came out. So, you know, having the battle droids come back in such a huge way at the beginning of the season and now having this really, really killer homage to pod racing, that was sort of my favorite takeaway from the episode is I think that's what they're doing. You know, we we being original trilogy fans have gotten a lot of fan service over the last couple of years. I mean, Luke freaking Skywalker was just on television multiple times. <laughs> so I think I think doing some of this stuff for the prequel generation is really cool. And obviously they're not being shy about it. It's like pretty heavy handed, like, hey, we're going to bring some of this stuff back. So immediately when I, I actually, when I read the description of the episode, 
they're getting into the world of racing, I, I already knew what I was going to watch. And I think that, you know, something, we always give intern intern Greg or whatever his name is this year <laughs> a hard time about his synopsis. But that one was good because you got me, Greg. I was like, I, I know exactly what I'm about to watch. <laughs> Nick, how about you? What's your favorite? Uh, I'm going to stick with Sidorin Scaleback. That's the only, <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. I don't think I ever wondered what uh, Sid's full name was, but the fact that it's Sidorin Scaleback uh, makes me happy. Nickerin Beardchin. <laughs> it's very like um, pre, like the pre-canonization of everything, like what you would find on a Kenner card back for like 1970s for or sure. 80s, you know, like yeah. this one's called Hammerhead, you know, it's like... <laughs> It's such one of those names. I love it. We also know what house she's from at Hogwarts as well. <laughs> Not beard face, yeah. but scale back. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite scene or sequence, I guess, was the final race. I mean, the whole thing's basically racing. And I loved it all. Wanted to play the game. But the final one, especially with the Maverick move, it was pretty sick. And it was all edited really well. Shot it was all beautiful. The, the blocking of that was the best part of the whole thing. That's where all the energy went, it seems like, in this episode. It was probably a lot of work, and it shows. My favorite quote, though, it's not just the words. It's the timing. It's the delivery by D. Baker. <laughs> After... <laughs> it's so good. After Teo gets hit, right when he's talking shit and he gets hit by the speeder and he's blown into pieces, <laughs> Wrecker picks him up and he goes... Oh, I don't think he can race. <laughs> he's like shaking him around. Yeah. Like his head, his head is like flopping in his hand. <laughs> he's just like wires and shit dangling. And it just makes me think of like my favorite moment from Boogie Nights when the colonel walks in when the guy's there with the girl who's OD'd on coke and there's blood shooting out of her nose and she's convulsing. <laughs> and he goes, I think she's sick. And the colonel goes, oh, do you think so, doctor? <laughs> It just really reminded me of that. So uh, I love that. That was my favorite quote. So like we said, it is anyone's guess what next week's episode is going to be. Tonally, who knows? I would love to catch up with Cody, but I feel like they could save that completely until another series because there's all this talk about the original scripts for Kenobi included meeting up with Cody and reconciling all of that and Cody being the one to protect Luke while Kenobi was gone. All, all this rumor mill stuff that probably has some validity even if it doesn't i think the reunion of kenobi and cody is pretty essential and really big maybe too big to put in animation as far as the the powers that be at disney are concerned but i'd love to see jet here one thing to consider too is there's two episodes left until there's on february 8th the two episodes Oh, the double drop. Yeah. Episode seven and eight come out at this, on the same day. So the next one's called Entombed. Episode six is called Tribe. And then we have the double episode week. So would be cool if it leads up to that double episode week. And Entombed sounds, uh, I don't know, serious. Entombed. That's a serious title. Oh, that could be something sweet. Hmm. Mm. Let's not speculate anymore. We'll leave it at that. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. Short episode, short podcast episode. Fun though. Nick, you got anything, Ryan, either of you, to shout out before we just do the socials and peace out? Uh, Bayside Tours, less than 30 days away. Shows are finally selling out. So get your tickets soon. The Just Like Home Tour with I'm the Avalanche and Koyo. And, of course, Bayside. Tickets are on sale at BaysideBayside.com. You should change it to Bayside, Bayside, Bayside. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. 
<laughs> Ryan, how about you? Uh, nothing new to report, but you can follow me on social media at William Ryan Key. My stuff is at Adam the Skull, just on Instagram. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, we're at Thank the Maker Pod on Instagram and TikTok. I've been uploading some more TikToks a little bit. By some more, I mean I did one two days ago. Let's be honest. But I have some good ideas. So there's some good stuff in this that I'm I'm probably going to get two or three videos out of this episode. There was funny stuff. It's all John Ralphio. Let's be honest. <laughs> and you can also follow Princess and Scoundrel and listen to that podcast anywhere you get podcasts and watch it on YouTube. Armor Party is back-ish, right? Mike has a fairly recent episode. Follow them at Armor Party Show. Follow at Hondo Supply. Follow at Mosh Isley, our Star Wars-themed emo night. We have merch for sale at moshisley.com. Thank the Maker merch is where you can go for our merch, including our Andor Daughters of Ferrix shirt, which is dope. And if you want to support this podcast directly and listen to us live, watch us live like the patrons are doing right now, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you can go to do that. Patrons make this podcast possible. Straight up. Thank you so much. Listeners, thanks for listening. Dudes, I love you. Thanks for hanging. Amen. And until next week, may the force be with you. Amen.